All right, I want you to think of a time when you failed to heed a warning and you suffered the consequences. Think about a time when you failed to heed a warning and you suffered the consequences. I think about a time when I was 17 years old and uh, me and my brother and a bunch of friends of ours were going to Rehoboth Beach for the weekend, which is um, crazy to think of. I can't understand what my parents were thinking, you know, just letting us go. But they did, and they were so kind to let me take one of our two cars back in that day. And uh, we loaded up. It was a Friday afternoon, and um, we had two cars. I was driving one, drew out, and my buddy was driving the other. And we were loaded up, and we took off for the beach. And we weren't five miles away from home when I blew up the engine, all right? Well, that wasn't the worst part. We, we got it towed back, and then... Um, got back to our house, and, and we're distraught, right? Now, our whole plan for the weekend is gone, and we, ha- we were so excited about it. But my parents, my dad being very gracious, said, well, you can take the other car. And it would leave them with no means of transportation for the whole weekend, but they wanted us to be able to go and enjoy ourselves. And so he uh, said, you can take our 1972 Suburban. It, it wasn't actually a Suburban, it was an international travel all, but you don't see those around, you're familiar with a Suburban. But I remember these, these words of warning as he handed me the keys. He said, be careful not to speed, because the, the police are out in force, especially on, on the road to the beach. And I said, no problem. And so back in those days, we didn't have Waze, you know, the app that tells you where all the police officers are. You know what we had back in those days? We had CB radios, and so we had a CB radio in there, and we would turn it on, and people would tell you where the police officers were along the way. And so we were listening to this, and my buddy Drew had one too, and we'd communicate back and forth. But about an hour into the trip, um, some of my guys, probably my brother Rob, had to go to the bathroom, right? And so we had to pull over. The other guys kept on going. So we, you know, get back in the car, um, and we got some time to make up right? And I forgot to turn on the CB radio to know where the police were. And so I'm making good time. But as I am heading south, all of a sudden I see a police officer coming north. And as I see him, I look down at my speedometer and I am over the speed limit. I notice in my mirror, he turns on the lights and wheels around and across the median. I knew I was done at this point. I just pulled over and waited for him. He got there, wrote me a nice ticket. Um, it wasn't the kind of ticket that you can just pay by mail because I was driving so fast it was considered reckless driving. And so I had a court date, and my dad was kind enough to go to court with me. I ended up getting reprimanded by the judge, had to pay a hefty fine, and then go to driver improvement class. Some of you guys have been there, right? There were consequences to my actions because I failed to heed the warning. I failed to heed the warning. And what is true for us has always been true, and it's true with God. God gives us some warnings. He even gives us some commands. And if we fail to heed them, there will be consequences. And so that's what we're going to look at this morning. If you were with us last week, there was a warning that God gave the Israelites. There was a warning that he gave the Israelites. Now, we're in chapter 7, so if you want to follow along in your Bibles, it's page 213, and we've been making our way through Joshua. But um, in case you forgot, last week what we saw was the Israelites, they conquered this fortified city known as Jericho. Jericho. 
And, and God provided miraculously for them. They didn't suffer a single casualty. Not a single casualty. And God delivered the city and the people into their hands. But maybe you forgot that he gave them a warning before they went in. Do you remember the warning? In case you don't, Joshua chapter 6, 17 through 19. This is the warning. Listen for it. It said, The city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in her house shall be spared, because she hid the spies we sent. Listen. But keep away from the devoted things, so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise, you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. All the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasury. There's the warning. Remember the warning as we go into chapter 7. Listen to verse 1. But the Israelites were unfaithful and regard to the devoted things. Achan, son of Carmi, the son of Zimri, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took some of them. So the Lord's anger burned against Israel. Now we know God to be a loving God and to be a gracious God. But God is also just. He is just. And when he gives us a warning or he gives us a command and he tells us not to do something or to do something, he means it. And if we fail to obey, there will be consequences. And sometimes those consequences will not just affect us, but typically they affect others as well. That's God's justice. And so what happens here is God has given them a warning and one man, a man by the name of Achan, has not heeded God's warning. And we're going to see the consequences of his actions. Now look at verse 2. It said, Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is near Beth-Avon, to the east of Bethel, and told them, Go up and spy out the region. So the men went up and spied out Ai. So remember, they're coming off this great victory, and now... They're going to employ the same strategy they used. That was very successful. And so Joshua has some guys go up to Ai and spy it out. Now, this is the message that they came back with. Verse 3. So when they returned to Joshua, they said, Not all the army will have to go up against Ai. Send two or 3,000 men to take it. And do not weary the whole army, for only a few people live there. All right, so just to try and get a picture, I actually don't have a map for you today, but um, AI is about 2,500 feet above where they were encamped, 2,500 feet. So that's a pretty significant climb, right? And so the spies had gone up there, and they climbed up the hill, and then they had seen that there's not a fortified city up there, and there's not this vast army that they have to compete with. So they come back and, and decide, you know, maybe they were cocky or just lazy, I don't know. But they, they, they tell Joshua, they're like, I don't even think we need to send the whole army. And remember, the army is hundreds of thousands. That's how many men are in the army. So just send a fraction of them, maybe two or 3,000. There's not that many men. This is not going to be a big deal. Well, listen to what happens. 
verses 4 and 5. So about 3,000 went up. So they, you know, err on the side of, you know, caution. Let's send 3,000 up there. But they were routed by the men of Ai, who killed about 36 of them. They chased the Israelites from the city gate as far as the stone quarries and struck them down on the slopes. At this, the hearts of the people melted in fear and became like water. So the Israelites got their bottoms kicked. All right, they had gone up thinking, we've got this. And then this small army on top of the hill chased them down the hill and started killing them on the way. And, and what I think may be even worse than the 36 men that they, they lost said that they melted in fear. Did you pick that up? It said they, their hearts melted in fear. They were like water. Do you remember just in the last couple of weeks as we've been going through Joshua, how we were told that all of Israel's enemies, the kings, the soldiers, their hearts melted with fear when they thought about the Israelites coming and they thought about their God and his power and his presence. They were the ones that were melting in fear, but now notice how the tides have turned. One simple loss, and all of a sudden the Israelites, their hearts are melting with fear. We pick up in verse 6. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell face down to the ground before the ark of the Lord, remaining there till evening. The elders of Israel did the same and sprinkled dust on their heads. That's a, a sign of mourning, if you will. And Joshua said, Alas, sovereign Lord, why did you ever bring this people across the Jordan to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us? If only we had been content to stay on the other side of the Jordan. Pardon your servant, Lord. What can I say now that Israel has been routed by its enemies? The Canaanites and the other people of the country will hear about this, and they'll surround us and wipe out our name from the earth. What then will you do for your own great name? I mean, so imagine the picture. What you have here is you've got Joshua and and the leaders, the elders of of the tribes of, of Israel, and they're face down before God, and they're throwing a little temper tantrum, right? They're mad, they're angry at God, and they're blaming God for their defeat. They're blaming God for their defeat. But have you noticed nowhere do we read that Joshua or the others consulted God about what they should do or how they should battle against the people of Ai? They, They just employed the past strategy. I mean, it worked really well, right? And they thought, we've got this. This isn't even, you know, a significant opponent. We'll just send two or 3,000 of our men up there. It won't be a big deal. They never consulted God. And when they lost, they blamed him. They blamed him. Have, have you ever done that? Like, you, you made a plan, and it made a lot of sense to you, but you never consulted God to see what he thought about it, and then it failed, and you ended up blaming God for it? I've I've experienced that. You know, it it just makes sense. Like, I I don't want to bother God with this one, and you just move forward, but that was never God's plan at all, and when it fails, we blame him. Well, where were you, God? How'd you let this happen? He's like, well, you never consulted me, because I had a different plan. 
That's what's happening there. Now, um, God's pretty ticked off at Joshua right here. Listen to verse 10. It says, the Lord said to Joshua, stand up, stand up. What are you doing down on your face? Israel has sinned. You violated my covenant, which I commanded them to keep. They have taken some of the devoted things. They've stolen. They've lied. They've, they have put them with their own possessions. That's why the Israelites cannot stand against their enemies. They turn their backs and run because they've been liable to destruction. I will not be with you anymore unless, unless you destroy whatever among you is devoted to destruction. God was not playing around with the Israelites. He was not playing around. They failed to heed his warning. And now there were going to be consequences. They lost the battle because they did exactly what he told them not to do. They took some of the devoted things and made them their own. And so um, God instructs Joshua, and, and here's what happens next. He tells Joshua to instruct all the people that they need to purify themselves. What, what that means is they needed to come clean before God. They needed to confess whatever they had done before God. And then he told them, the next morning, I want you to assemble everybody by tribe. Remember the 12 tribes? I want you to assemble them by tribe. And so Joshua did that. And he had all the people out there by their tribes. And then God spoke to Joshua and he said, he said all right, call out the tribe of, Joshua, of, of, uh, of Judah. Call out the tribe of Judah and the tribe of Judah comes forward. And then he says, all right, um, the clan of Zerah, call them out. And then he says, the, the, the family of Zimri, call them out. And then he says, that one man. Achan, call him out. Call him out. And so now, before everybody, is this one man, Achan. And he's standing before Joshua. And Joshua tells him, he says, glorify God. Glorify God and tell us what you've done. Tell us what you have done. And this is what he says, verse 20. Achan replied, it's true. I've sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel, this is what I've done. When I saw in the plunder a beautiful robe,